It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting information about sex to listen to, but what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wish you knew, and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now, and there will be links there for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. It's Sex and Sarah Rose, and today we're talking about sexual turn-on with Guy Shahar. I'm so excited to have Guy here with me today. Guy is an elite certified Tantra educator who has been weaving together sex and spirit long before he discovered it was called Tantra. He's the co-founder of the Tantra Institute and the originator of Tantra Speed Date, the fastest growing singles dating sensation now in over 30 cities worldwide. The Tantra Institute has been featured in Playboy, Cosmopolitan, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Sunday Times, New York Magazine, and many more. Beyond Tantra, he has a broad range of study in several modalities of energy and sensuality, such as BDSM, meditation, and shamanism. He speaks, teaches, and offers private coaching worldwide. Welcome, Guy. So glad to have you. Thanks for being here with me today. Really great, great to be on the show and hang out with you as always. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I was just thinking about like the first time we met, uh, we like had grapes outside of Whole Foods in Austin. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Remember that? That's right. It was in Austin, right? That was a while ago. We, I think we were having a Tantra speed date event and I think we were meeting because I don't think, I don't think you were available to come to the event. So you're like, let's meet and hang yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad we did. Yeah, Dude. that was fun. That was, were you pretty, was Tantra speed dating pretty new then? Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, the very beginning. That might've been our first or second time in, uh, in Austin. Wow. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. And here we are now. Look at that. <laughs> so what's going on with you? You're in New York, right? We're in New York, the epicenter. People people uh tend to be really concerned about New York, but you know, I mean things are fine here. You know, people are walking around now getting sunshine, everybody's wearing their masks, keeping their distance. You know, so uh I feel like the media almost makes it 
worse than than it is you know it's everybody's sort of indoors and just doing their thing yeah so i mean a lot of people left new york though yeah some people you know went upstate or they you know kind of went to more to less urban areas i guess if you're going to be indoors it's nice to have more sort of outdoor space and be around trees and stuff so some people have done that but most people are still here hanging out okay do you feel like, uh, I mean, has the city been hit pretty hard? I mean, because I've, I've talked to other people that are in New York and, you know, they're talking about how like so many people have left and they just don't know what the city's going to be like after this. But you're, you seem to think everything's just kind of moving along like normal. Well, I mean, it's not normal. It's definitely very challenging. And we're probably going to be one of the last places to reopen or the reopen's going to go a little slower here because everybody's so dense. But, you know, all in all, I think this really presents a great opportunity because all of us are now realizing just how important, how important intimacy is and how important physical touch is. And I think that we weren't really as aware of it until like this forced us to put our attention on it. And, and so all I'm hearing from people is like, oh my God, I miss touch. I miss hugs. I miss sex. I miss just connecting with other people. And, uh, and how much they miss that physical intimacy. And that's so interesting coming from New Yorkers. Like, uh, New Yorkers are typically just like, you know, they do their thing. And there's, you know, like um, so many people in small confined spaces, but they're not really connecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess also when you're crammed in a subway car, you have all this physical connection that you might not necessarily want that you're exposed to that like sometimes when you get home at the end of a day, you're like, I just want to be left alone for a while. Yeah. Right. Which is normal, which is normal when you have that amount of connection. But now we're all like, Oh my God, what I wouldn't give to be in a subway car full of strangers, (laughs) like just feeling like I'm connected to people. Oh my God. The smell of the subway. God, I love New York. (laughs) Well, you know, we're, we're still waiting for you to come, come move here. So I know. Right. Well, I've been, what does your t-shirt say? Ah, my t-shirt. I'll show you. No pants are the best pants. Got it. (laughs) Move the camera down a little bit. A little bit down. There we go. Unfortunately. There we go. (laughs) Uh, That's good. There are some some shorts going on down there, but Mm. no pants. (laughs) That's good. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll be out there. I, I think, you know, my, I call her my sister. We're not biologically sisters, but she's there. She's a, she's a uh, nurse at uh, Columbia Prez. So I get out there to see her as often as possible, but um, we just kind of like do our thing and I don't end up seeing a whole lot of other people. So I need to make it like a longer trip where I can see her, but then also have time to see you and Ohm and Kenneth and, you know, just everyone. There's so many people there I want to connect with. So, yeah. But anyway, so what's going on in the world of Tantra? World of Tantra, at least on my end, is experiencing a really huge creative growth spurt right now. Everybody's taking their classes online. We're even doing Tantra Speed Date online. We're even doing things like eye gazing online, 
Um, And it works. It works in quite a miraculous way, which was incredibly surprising. Um, We're creating all these new different types of events for people. And I feel like our community is more engaged now than they've ever been before. So it's, it's, it's fascinating. Good. I love it. So we've been busy, you know, nobody's, nobody's had time to sit around and binge watch Netflix. Like we're just creating and creating and creating. And so when you say, um, we, who's we? So myself, Lauren, Lauren's a co-founder of the Tantra Institute. You know, she's created a few new courses for women. You know, we have a, a new Q&A now that we do. We have a community event that happens every Sunday night. I started a distance dating workshop, just sort of like a wider net of singles to create, you know, community and goodwill among singles. And then all of the Tantra speed date events are online. Our intro to Tantra classes are now online. So there's, a, there's really a lot of um, classes and stuff going on. So a lot more facilitation. So I really loved when I took your Tantra speed dating. I went to that event. That was super fun. I, and one of the things that I liked was your description of Tantra. I mean, as Tantra teachers, coaches, facilitators, this is a question we get asked all the time. What is Tantra? You know, and I have my way of describing it, but I love hearing how other teachers describe it because it always has a different flavor. So can you tell our listeners, according to you, what is Tantra? Well, the the first thing that I will tell you is that anybody uh, that tells you that they can define Tantra for you, don't listen to them. Because you can't define Tantra. It literally has kind of become like that word that can be used in so many different contexts. Like if you ever look up the definition for the word fuck, it's like it's a noun, it's a verb, it's an adverb. Like you can use it in so many different ways that it's kind of hard to pin it down to one definition. So when I when I describe it, what I like to say is that saying that you practice Tantra is like saying that you listen to music. And if somebody says they listen to music, well, you know, most people listen to music. But the next question you have to ask that person is, well, but what kind of music, right? Because then you want to know what they actually mean. So for me, Tantra is so vague at this point and so abstract that it can mean many different things. And some of those things don't even have anything to do with sex, right? Like there are different, many different lineages of Tantra, many different practices of Tantra, And I think that most people that teach Tantra or practice Tantra would agree on some fundamental things, right? One is that it's thousands of years old. We know that much, right? We may disagree on whether it's Buddhist or whether it's Hindu. Some people actually say it started in both places at the same time. But we can agree that it's thousands of years old. Most people will agree that it involves chakras, which are different energy systems in your body. Um, In fact, some tantrics, there's disparate tantrics that will say there's this number of chakras. No, there's that number of chakras. And the chakras are here. No, they're there. And this is how they work. They don't work. But on a fundamental level, we can agree that there are energy centers in the body. And then the other thing that most tantrics will agree on is that tantra also deals in polarity, which is masculine polarity and feminine polarity, the sort of interplay of these two uh, forces, which when you boil it down to it really comes down to essentially duality, right? whether it's masculine, feminine, positive, negative, yin, yang, you know, active, receptive, however you want to define it, it's this idea of duality. And that somehow, you know, we can find a sense of oneness within that duality. So I think that's as good as close as we'll get, you know, then in terms of how Tantra gets applied, there are so many different ways. 
Yeah. So literally every time I'm interviewed, one of two things, if not both, comes up. It seems that the general consensus in the majority of the population, well, most people haven't even heard about Tantra. Those that have, have either identified it as uh, happy ending massages or something that Sting talks about. (laughs) That's really all people know about Tantra. We have our work cut out for us, guy. (laughs) Apparently we do. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> well, it's 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 quite something because there are people that will write to us and ask about Tantra speed date and they're like, "Do people get naked at this event?" And I'm like, "It's a speed dating event, dude. Like there's no nudity. If you want nudity, you have to take our more advanced classes." <laughs> right? Like like this is a this is a speed dating event. Like what's, you know, come on. The speed so, dating is so much fun. Like I had a lot of fun when I did that and you did a great, yeah, you did a really great job facilitating it. Thank you. Yeah. I I really enjoyed that. I like, I like going in and I'm just being able to experience from other facilitators. It's really nice. And uh, the way that you like really helped people connect and bring that intimacy in such a short amount of time with uh, a lot of strangers was really great. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Like facilitating connection is, you know, one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you've actually had some uh, marriages come out of this, right? We've had weddings. We've had engagements. Yeah, quite a few. And I'm, I always hear about new ones. We just had another engagement a couple months ago. So it's, uh, it's amazing because the event's only been around two and a half years. So first people have to come to the event, they have to meet, and then you imagine they're going to date for a little while before they get married. And we've already had some weddings. So Amazing. I know. so great. I love it. Cool. I would love to be invited to one, actually. I have yet to be invited to, to a to a wedding dude i could see you being the officiant i i would love to do that i guide everybody th- through uh, these exercises that connect with each other better oh my god that would be so awesome do you i actually have my uh the like my license like as a, a minister and i got it through the uh <laughs> the universalist unitarian oh, church i know that one on the internet <laughs> yeah they send you a license that you print out, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think I paid the 30 bucks so they would send it to me so I didn't have to go find a printer. I really hate printers. They're like the worst fucking nightmare on the planet. Printers never fucking work. That's amazing. You paid extra for the printed version. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I, even have a, I, even, I even have a press badge. <laughs> Interesting. I've never used you're all, it. You're all decked out. I'm all decked out, but no one's asked me to like marry them yet. My cousin got married a couple of years ago and I was hoping she would ask me, but she didn't. Well, you know, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to tussle with these men and put them into a jujitsu pretzel and basically force them to submit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh God. So, all right. When you talk about polarity, what the fuck do you mean? So... Uh, polarity is that dance between two opposite yet complementary poles, right? And to a certain degree, it is the force that makes everything happen in the world, right? If you think about it, electricity, it doesn't work without polarity. 
if you want to jumpstart a car, you need a positive pole, you need a negative pole, right? And that creates a place for uh, energy to flow, right? So you need polarity in order to create a circuit, and that's, that's what makes things flow in our universe. So when we talk about Tantra, polarity, Tantra is primarily, I'd say, concerned with the polarity of masculine and feminine. So what does that mean? Well, it's important to note that when I use the terms masculine and feminine, I don't mean men and women. Because whether you're male or female or anywhere on the spectrum, we each have both masculine qualities and feminine qualities, right? Which can be really confusing to think about in those terms, but it doesn't mean men and women. Uh, we, all, we all have both. And it's up to us how we sort of balance those for ourselves in our own body. However, uh, when you're in a relationship, what's really great about being in a relationship with someone is you can say, hey, in this relationship, in this moment, in this activity, why don't I hold this pole and you hold that pole? And then that enables you to have a really wonderful interplay together, right? Like how wonderful when instead of balancing my masculine and the feminine, I can just be in my masculine and my partner can be in her feminine and we can enjoy the magic that gets created when, the, when these two energies meet, right? So that's what we talk about when we're referring to polarity. It's really essentially different roles that we can play for each other, you know, at different places in our relationship or through different activities and so on and so forth. So do you think that masculine and feminine uh, means something different now than maybe it did when, you know, Tantra first originated several thousand years ago? I mean, it's possible. I mean, I wasn't around back then, so I couldn't tell you how it's evolved. But I think that we're certainly in a time right now uh, and have been for a while where people are sort of exploring what the gender roles are, right? And essentially, like, if I'm a man, what, how is it that I'm supposed to be a man? If I'm a woman, well, what does it really mean to be a woman? We had, you know, sort of traditional stereotypes in this country, at least, uh, you know, that, you know, go back to as early as the 50s, where, you know, men had a prescribed role in society and women had a prescribed role in, in society. And for the most part, those roles were in lockstep with masculine and feminine. Men would hold the masculine pole, women would hold the feminine pole. And as the structures for those types of relationships evolved, as our society evolved, as the functional purpose of relationship continues to evolve so do those roles and what they can be and so i think right now we're in a place where a lot of people are questioning well what does it mean to be a man and what does it mean to be a, a woman and we're sort of going back and reverse testing and trying on all these different roles putting on all these different hats to kind of find like well what actually makes the most sense for me and how shall i be and how shall i act and what do i really want in my life rather than just sort of blindly accepting the qualities and the roles that, that were assigned to my gender, if that makes sense. Yeah, so how does that impact the masculine-feminine polarity? Well, so now it's not uncommon to see women that have very highly developed masculine sides. It's not uncommon to see men that have very highly developed feminine sides there is less of a uh, requirement or expectation that you have to develop the qualities that are inherent with your gender. So that's going to create many, many different dynamics in relationships, which is really the exciting part because we can play all these different roles. It's like, okay, well, what is that going to bring? How, how does that influence our relationships and how can we use that to create more dynamic and more exciting relationships? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's, uh, you know, one way that I look at it is if I, if I experience something, just the mere fact that I'm a woman experiencing it makes it feminine. So rather than like, I am a woman experiencing masculine qualities, everything that I experience is feminine because I'm a woman experiencing it. And so then what I do is then I take it from to another, the next level of that is, okay, well, are there areas of my life that I want to expand more? Are there areas in my life that I feel, you know, maybe they're out of balance, like this, this particular quality, um, I'm noticing that it's having a certain impact on my life in a certain way, and I want to change that. And so I'm going to now focus on empowering another part of my life more, you know, and like kind of diagnosing my life in those ways rather than looking at it through masculine and feminine. It's always an interesting conversation, though, in the Tantra world, and especially like in this era of deconstructing gender roles and like what it all means. And it's definitely not something I have a hundred percent, you know, right or wrong answer for. And I don't think that there is one. I think it's more of just like playing, experimenting and, you know, just kind of seeing what, what feels right moment to moment. Mm -hmm. Well, I saw then I would say that you have a really good it's great that you have this awareness of how you are interacting with the world and the ability to sort of shift that when you want to. <laughs> and I think that comes from just, you know, probably way too much personal development work. <laughs> Lots of jujitsu. Lots of jujitsu. Right? I mean, that's what, when do I advance? When do I retreat? When do I give way to force? When do I act and, and, and move forward? You know, like when do I apply this polarity? When do I apply that polarity? That's a great flexibility to have. Um, and can make for a really exciting dance a partner that's equally flexible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is not that easy to find. <laughs> so, okay, you have, um, I feel like where you're at in New York, you've got a pretty good network of um, sex positive people that are, you know, well versed in all this. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we have a big community uh, here in New York. We started in New York, so. So what do you recommend for people that are not in a community like that and they're wanting to explore something like this and they just don't have anyone to explore with? Well, right now, you know, the beauty is that you, you know, you'll meet someone in, in community. If you, if you surround yourself with people that are doing the things that you want to do, then you'll find people that want to continue to, that might want to practice with you. It's a little tougher right now in person because of the pandemic, but there's also really great opportunity to attend events everywhere because you're no longer limited by the boundary of your physical location, right? So we have events. So we, we, uh, there are many courses that we used to fly around the country and teach, and now we're teaching them all on the internet. So rather than say, here's the date for our LA class, for our San Francisco class, for our Austin class, now it's like, here's the date for our class. It's 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right? Like, so anybody can attend. And, uh, and it kind of frees up the, it really, your community just becomes the whole world right now because you can do events online. And what we've learned from Tantra Speed Date is you can experience a lot of intimacy through a conference call. It's really quite amazing what you can experience with a video call. 
So I would say you have great opportunity now to really explore and find your community and say, hey, you know, what's the right place for me and where do I fit? And then you'll find people that are interested in the same things that you are. And what can they find in your advanced classes? We teach, uh, well, we have a really great class, very popular. It's called Intro to Sexual Ecstasy. And it's sort of like an introduction to Tantra. And really, it's an introduction to how we view, how we sort of approach sexuality, right? Like, how can we approach sexuality in a way that's open, that's positive, that, that doesn't have shame attached to it? And that's actually knowledgeable and based on information rather than rumors or hearsay or whatever. Um, like, how do we actually learn how this part of ourselves works so that we um, can approach it mindfully, right? Mm. So that's an event that we do at least once or twice a month. And, um, you know, and then we have our Tantra Speed Date. We have our distance, you know, we have sort of like our singles, single ev- singles events. And now we're actually doing a lot of free donation-based events just to create more community. And we've been having a lot of fun having people come on the calls. And because, you know, Tantra Speed Date is so tightly structured and you go mm-hmm. from date to date and there's a lesson and exercise and a date. And it's so, it's fun and it's tightly structured. And the community events, community events are like looser. People can ask questions. It's a different kind of format. And, you know, we have like, you know, over 100 people on those calls every Sunday just mm-hmm. hanging out, talking about what their quarantine is like, talking about what they miss you know, sharing what their desires are and just feeling connected with other people. You know, sometimes we do group exercises. Lauren always does a meditation. So it's a really wonderful way to connect with others and build community. And then out of that, you know, comes different relationships, different discoveries about yourself, different people that you meet. And you're like, oh, maybe this person wants to practice with me via Zoom or whatnot. Um, You know, because our community tends to be very open-minded and just very open. Like, let's Let's do stuff, let's share, and, you know, and everyone's really nice and fun. So, you know, it's easy to find people to, to connect with. So do you teach people how to have tantric sex? Well, I mean, we definitely teach people how to have more connected, more intimate sex. So if that falls under your, your definition of tantra, then yes. You know, it's nice. it's nice when you have sex with someone to be present for the experience, you know? Um, I think so much of sex that is happening out there a little less today than than in the past because now people are sort of like opening up to this idea of like oh i i want to be present during sex like i want to have the lights on i don't want to close my eyes i don't want to imagine i'm elsewhere i actually want to be with the person that i'm with i think that uh you know that's what we want we want to be present and uh and really tantra is about being present to the experience so the way i like to describe this to people is you know, if you, at least for the folks out there that drive, I mean, I imagine you drive a car, right? Yeah. So, so you know, everybody has a, a route, you know, a drive that they often take from point A to point B, like maybe you're going from or whatever. And it's a route that you've traveled a lot. It's a route that you know really well. You could probably drive this route blindfolded. Um, don't try this at home. But <laughs> uh, you know how sometimes you're in your car and you're going from A to B, and, and it's probably a familiar route, but you're like on the phone and maybe you're having a heated argument with someone. And, you know, you, let's say your drive is a half hour. So you drive for a half hour, you're having this heated argument, you get home and then you don't remember your drive. Right. Right. So I would say you were present to that argument, but you weren't present to your drive. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to make love with each other, I don't want to be elsewhere. 
I want to enjoy that drive with you. I want to enjoy that journey with you. And I want my attention to be on that thing that I'm doing. And I think one of the main things that, that Tantra as a practice encourages you to do is to bring your presence to whatever it is that you're doing, right? Whether you're meditating or you're making love with your partner or you're driving a car, right? Be present for that experience. Feel all of it. Be there. So I think that is one of the main things that we we teach people to do and then you sort of get into the tools of like well how do i do that and then that also leads to the technique of like oh well now that i'm present i can feel what's going on in my partner's body now can you teach me some techniques so i can i can take the arousal that i'm feeling and surf it better you know how do i experience more pleasure and all sort of centers around this idea but first we have to be present mm-hmm. right yeah so what tips do you have for the guys out there on how to turn on a woman this how to is turn a woman on yeah like how like how do how is he going to turn her on especially you know say they've been in relationship for a while maybe she's just kind of getting bored they're not there's not that same spark there was at the beginning like what can they do about this how to turn a woman on the the eternal question um there's there's no right answer to to do that i mean and i would even say it's not necessarily that you turn a woman on but i would say you're turning her on to her turn on Mm, right like that you you want her to be excited about the prospect of being with you and how the two of you can can create something together right so i'm not trying to do something to you i'm engaging you in a creative process that's going to bring more sensation for us both and how would they go about that? Well, so the first thing is being present, right? Like you want to be present in your body. A woman doesn't get turned on by your intellectual ideas. She gets turned on by feeling your body in her presence, right? You want to feel that you want to be in your body and you want to be present with her. You want to have your attention on her because attention is going to make her light up, right? Like when we, when we met, and we were eating those grapes outside in Austin. I wasn't on my phone texting somebody else. I was with you, staring at your boobs, right? <laughs> I was that what you were doing? <laughs> I was paying attention to you. I had my attention on you. And, and women, if, if they're in their feminine, the feminine loves attention. In fact, you can put your attention on a woman and turn her on. If you're, if you're about to make love with a woman and you pause and you just put your attention on her pussy, that's going to make her wet. If, if you have the ability to really fully put your attention on that, right? Because, because our attention these days, many things are vying for our attention, which is our most valuable superpower. And so if you're constantly moving your attention around, you may find that it's more difficult to focus it when you want to. But if you have 100% of your attention and you can focus it on a woman, you're going to turn her on. And how do they do that without being creepy? Well, I mean, it's, it has to be, it has to be welcome, right? <laughs> like you don't, you don't want to be like stalkery about it, you know? And, and it, it's interesting that you asked that question because I think really the key is like when, when I look at, look at a woman, like I'm not looking at a woman to be like, okay, how can I get something from this woman? I'm thinking to myself, how can I do something that's going to turn her on? I'm thinking to myself, like, here I am, this is me. And how is it that when I engage with this woman, it can be the most sensational for her? right? Like, how can I, how can I see more? How can I see just how beautiful she is? How can I be involved in sort of a process where I'm the catalyst 
in this reaction, this relationship of her opening up, of her seeing how beautiful she is, of her seeing how sexy she is. Like, how can I give of my presence to enrich her being? Because when you enrich the being of the feminine, everyone benefits because the feminine gets full and then the feminine nourishes everything around it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I give my energy and, and this is how I like, I go out with a woman. I bro- put my attention on her. I bring my energy to her and then I see how she radiates or doesn't. Right. Sometimes, you know, women don't know how to receive that energy or what to do with it. Right. You know, but we, we give our attention and then you receive it. And again, I'm talking just to put this in the context, I'm, I'm talking from my perspective and I'm, I'm a very masculine at my core man. And I tend to enjoy going out with women that are very much in their feminine, right? If you, if you were the opposite of that, it would work the other way, right? Because the polarity would be flipped. But in my case, I'm a man who happens to be very masculine, um, you know, and I like women that happen to be very feminine, which is natural because that's, that's polarity. You like the opposite, right? Because that's how you create a circuit. So, so in those dynamics, it's like, I'm there and I'm like, I am here and I'm going to put all of my presence and attention on this woman and I'm going to see how she glows and how she continues to glow and how she gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. See, and that's exciting for me. You and you have tapped into like one of the greatest pieces of wisdom available. And I wish so many more men knew this and understood this because what tends to happen instead is there are a lot, I, I clearly I'm not speaking for all men, but there are a lot of men out there that are wanting to just take from women. And women, I mean, have so much to offer, so much to give, but there comes a point where they definitely feel drained from it all. And it's like, when I see men that take your approach instead, the women are just continually able to be filled up, to flourish, to continue to pour out all of the amazingness that they have to offer. And it's such a, like it's, and it's really a, like not that big of a shift in, you know, the idea there, but it makes a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, can we reframe something that you said there? Because mm-hmm. you said that there's a lot of men out there that want to take. And I want to offer the alternative because I think that it's not so much that they want to take. I think that they're, they're hungry. And I think it's not even so much that they're hungry. I think that they're starving. And so I think it's really like a, uh, and, and it's true. Like, it, you know, there are a lot of men out there that are starving. Like I'm able to do this with you because I'm full. I do my own practices and, and I also get re-energized when I have these kinds of interactions with feminine women that turns me on. Mm -hmm. Right. So I came on this podcast because I'm like, Oh, we're going to talk with Sarah. I'm going to get turned on. This is fantastic. I'm going to pour my attention on her. She's going to shine like a lightning bolt. And then both of us are going to feel more amazing about it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so for me, that is fun. And, and so I bring that to every interaction, but if that's not something that you've learned, then you're really just walking around starving. And when, when you ever been to the super, you ever go to the supermarket and go shopping while you're starving? <laughs> right. You just buy don't, everything. <laughs> don't, yeah. You don't, you just make like the most awful decisions. Cause like yeah. not the right part of you is in, is in the driver's seat at that moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that's sort of a lot of what's happening with men is like, they don't know and they want, and they've just been hungry for so long. So I think, I think that's a part of it is that, you know, 
Uh, and I don't think that we should shame men for having that hunger or shame them for not really knowing how to ask for it, right? Because who taught you? You know, like it would be different if like, you know, it would be different if like, you know, like when you learn to drive a car, there's like, you read a manual, you practice, you take a test. And then when you make a, uh, uh, when you go through a red light and the officer pulls you over, you know, you did the wrong thing because you learned, oh, this is the, this, these are the rules. And that's what a green light means. That's what a red light means. And so, you know, that what you did was wrong, but if there were no rules or anything, you'd run a red light and you'd be like, oh, I didn't know I was running. There was a light there. I didn't even know to look for a light. So I think that we just sort of lack the training. And so without a training, there's just car accidents everywhere. And it leads to a lot of anger and distrust between men and women. And, and so really the beautiful thing about Tantra, it's like, oh, well, here are these roles that you can play. And here are these ways that you can interact that are in a fun way. And, and by the way, this car that you have, so there's these two pedals, this is the gas and this is the brake. And you have to know, like, when you have a green light, you can do the gas. And if you have a red light, you have to do the brake. And then people learn. And what's, what's great is that, like, you know, in the Tantra Speed Date, we teach men how to get into their masculine presence. And when they learn how to do that, they come up to me afterwards and they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. Like, I, I want to be this way all the time. How do I be this way all the time? Because nobody's ever taught them. And then when they learn and they're able to do it in their body and they can see, oh, now that I can do this, whoa, this woman is really responding to me now. She's right. responding to me power. Like when I talk to women at bars, they don't respond to me the way this woman's responding to me. Like, what is it that, thank you for teaching me how to do whatever. They don't even know what it is. Like, I don't know <laughs> what it is that I I'm doing that you taught me to do, but like women are opening to me and they're responding. How do I be this way all the time? Right? Because they just don't know. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not that, you know, we're bad or, or you're bad or, you know, it's just nobody taught us. Like we just crashing against each other with no rhyme or reason. So it's beautiful because in, in the events and in the classes, we're like, okay, here's a way to play. And then like the really great thing about men, this is why I love men. The really great thing is like, we're really good at learning. Like we are like perfectly mission focused. If like you just put us on a football field and give us a football and say, there's the goal. And you know what? No matter what happens, we are going to make that goal. We're going to break through any defense that we need to. Like we will get the job done. And so part of the Tantra speed aid is like, just sort of like redirecting them and go, oh, this is your mission. And then once they get that, they're off and running. Right. And then it's like a totally different man. And then the women are like, ooh, who are these men? Right, they're suddenly so sexy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I recently was with two different couples and saw exactly what you're talking about, like in in clear, (laughs) like just very, very clear how how totally different it was. Like one couple, the um, the husband, he was he's just he's always very attentive, very adoring, uh, just completely. Uh, takes care of his wife and she just glows and she adores him back and like there's so much love between the two of them and then uh, there was another couple where the husband he doesn't do any of that like he has a very difficult time giving to her of himself of his attention like he's very distracted he's you know doesn't pay attention to her doesn't buy her gifts you know things like that and she wants nothing more than to have you know a beautiful relationship with him but she's dying inside because of this and you know none of them are bad people 
people. They're all really good people with, you know, the best intentions, but there's just such a difference in the two relationships because of the the lack of attention from one and the just amazing attention that the other one gives. So guys listening to this, your attention really does matter. It's really important in relationship. Yeah. So your more most powerful skill. And what's what's interesting is that when you are getting to know a woman or if you're out on a date with a woman, how you use your attention how you penetrate her with the, with your attention is a signal of how you're going to do that in the bedroom. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I, I, I think I sort of stumbled on, like I've always been sort of like really natural with women, you know, well, not always, but there, the, you know, and I remember like in my twenties, I, I think I kind of stumbled on this concept accidentally, even in my twenties where I remember I went out with a woman and I was kind of flirting with her and uh and we were going to go back to my place and she said something like i don't know i think i had made some sort of joke about yeah you know we'll go back to my place and and we'll see how it is and maybe maybe you'll have fun and then you'll want to see me again or something i forget what it was but but she was like oh no i know you're i know you're good in bed how do you know that you have she goes no no i already know and i was like i was like it could suck you know and then she's like let's go already and she literally dragged <laughs> me out of that place and so but but it's totally true like how you uh use your attention um again as a mask i'm speaking for myself as a masculine man with with a with a feminine woman uh, which are my absolute delight is uh is gonna you know that's how you use your attention in the bedroom so if you're able to put exquisite attention on this woman and with with really like a nuanced laser-like precision she's going to be like wow if this person can pay attention to me right now and can connect with me and penetrate my soul in this way like i can't wait to you know have this guy totally ravish me yeah exactly and that is how you turn a woman on There you go. All right. And that's the end of the interview, folks. We're going we're gonna to catch up with you in, you know, about another five hours because we're tantric and then, uh, and then we'll continue the interview then. Okay. So I actually have a question that came in um, and it's, it's kind of a long one. It has a lot of parts to it. So I'm just going to kind of break it down and we'll, we'll go through it. So, all right, let's, let's look at this part of the question first. He's asking, okay. So actually what he's saying is he doesn't watch porn anymore. And he's learned to use fantasy to get turned on instead, because that's one of the things that I help guys bridge, you know, if they're wanting to not watch porn anymore, then just instead of going cold turkey, like start to use your fantasy as a bridge. So he says that he's gotten to that point where he learned to use fantasy instead, but his fantasies are no longer having the arousal impact that they used to. So he doesn't really know like where to go from here because he says he's not really getting aroused enough to masturbate without porn anymore or, you know, anything. So what do you suggest for guys that are in that state? That is a complex question, isn't it? That feels like a complex algebraic formula. Let me try to sort of simplify it a little bit. So I get the question that's coming up to me is what, what is, uh, what is this person's goal? Right. So his like, goal his want? goal is to be turned on just with the sensations in his body like not having to ah. have some sort of visual stimulation to get turned on. Perfect. Wonderful. So there is a really great exercise that you can do 
to get into the swing of those things and start to rehabilitate yourself from because you know the the whole psychological principle of porn is that we get excited by something new and so you always have to see something new and more sensational than you did before it's kind of like drugs right you take a little bit of drugs and then your body gets used to it now you need to take more drugs and you keep needing to increase the dose well with porn you keep needing to increase the intensity and the uh variety in order to maintain the same level of stimulation, which sucks because then all of a sudden you need a tremendously, an inhuman amount of stimulation or just to get hard. So one of the ways that you can rehabilitate yourself, it's great that you've stopped listening to porn, if I'm speaking directly to this person. And a really great exercise to do is a self-touch exercise where for five minutes a day, you touch yourself, you touch your genitals. But here's the thing. You're not masturbating and you're not touching yourself in order to have climax. You're touching yourself in order to be able to feel the tactile sensations on your body. So what's really great about this exercise, you're, you're touching yourself in a way where you are using your hand to listen to your body rather than using your body to stimulate yourself, right? So most masturbation is you manipulating your physical body and stimulating your nerve endings in such a way as to achieve a desired outcome, usually ejaculation, climax, right? So I'm going to touch my body in order to get it to climax, as opposed to, well, let me touch my body to see what my body wants, which means maybe my body doesn't want a climax, but I might be addicted to climax. Now I have a conflict because I want my body to do something that it doesn't want to do right now, right? And so where this leads us to is that when, when you do, you know, when you have the kind of relationship with your body where it's an object that you're using in order to get a desired result, that's not a healthy relationship with your body. And so your body's often not going to cooperate with you. Like it'll get like, I remember, you know, my 20s, I dated a lot of women and I was having a lot of sex. I wasn't necessarily having sex with women that I really felt a genuine sense of attraction to. I was doing it because I thought this is what I have to do to be a man. And I was doing that because when I was a kid, all these other guys would be like, you're not a real man. Um, you know, like, you know, th they would constantly be telling me that I'm not a real man. And I wanted to prove to them that I am. And I thought, well, you know, if I go out with a lot of women, if I bet a lot of women, then I'll be a real man. I'm going to show all those guys that. So I would be going out with women. And my goal was to have sex with them because I was like, I need to prove to these guys that you were wrong about me. Right. And so when I was with a woman, I wasn't actually feeling into, am I really attracted to her? Do I actually want to have sex with her? right? Because when you're a guy, you're, you would think, well, of course, the answer is yes. It's actually not yes. But it is yes, if you're coming from a place of starvation, right? Like I could be gluten free. But if I haven't eaten for 30 days, and I know I'm going to die if I don't eat something, and a piece of glutinous bread comes along, I don't care if that's something I want to eat, I need nourishment, right? So from a place of starvation, you have to say yes. So uh, I wasn't in that place at that time, but I was still operating under that starvation mindset. So I would have sex with lots of women that I wasn't necessarily hungry for in that moment. And what started to happen is my body, I developed an inability to have an erection. It had gotten to the point where my body was like, you know, my body would be with a woman and it didn't, it actually, I realize now I didn't, I didn't want to have sex with them because I didn't know them well enough and my body didn't feel safe enough to be naked and have sex with them. That's what it was. 
mm-hmm. but I was forcing my body to have that sex. I was taking Viagra to force myself to have an erection. And eventually my body's like, nope, we don't want to do this right now and stop making us do what we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was working from this starvation mindset, even though I wasn't starved and I wasn't actually listening to what my body wants. So bringing it back to the exercise, this exercise is about touching your body and starting to rebuild little by little a relationship with your body where you can ask yourself, hey, body, what do you want? And it might just be, you know what, for today's five-minute practice, I just want you to put your hand on your genitals and your hand on your heart and just breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't stroke me. Just breathe with me. Just be with me. And, you know, and can you do that? So if you can start that, that self-practice five minutes a day of just touching yourself and asking your body, how do you want to be touched right now, as opposed to how do I want to touch you, then over time, your body is going to start to develop a dialogue with you and a healthy relationship with you. And that's going to improve. That's a key to improving a whole bunch of things in your life, including once you can listen to your body, oh, now you can start to listen to your woman's body when you're with her. And then you're going to become an incredibly valuable partner. When you, when you make love to a woman and know everything that her body wants in the moment and sometimes before she does, that is a valuable man. That is a woman that's going to chase you down for sex. And then you're going to need to learn a new skill, which is how do I say no tactfully? Because I have work to do too. I can't just have sex with you all day. And you and you and you. <laughs> oh, I hope that answers the question. Oh, come on, guy. I mean, what else is there besides having sex? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, but that's, that's how it is. When, when a woman starts to have that kind of sex with a man, the, women's appetites are far greater than our own. Like, make no mistake, women want sex way more than men do. Mm. So it's like, you know, like, you know, and, and I'm, I have a lot of lovers and they are always wanting sex. It's a never ending well of sex, 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 sex. And yeah, now, it's because you're a good lover. Other, well, but, guy, other guys but have now, an opposite problem. Go ahead. Well, but they, they'll learn. They'll, they learn little by little. Um, and now during the pandemic, oh my God, Sarah, this pandemic is just going to be like, I don't know if, if when the pandemic is over, if I'll be allowed to see the light of day for months. <laughs> You should hear what some of these women are saying. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. They're talking about, like, let me tell you how many of my vibrators I've broken so far. Like, they're, this, is a, this is a real problem. And, and you know, what I really like about this is that, is that what's really beautiful is that, you know, you know we're really kind of coming off the heels of, of the Me Too movement. And yeah. we're, we're, what this pandemic has sort of shown, I think, uh, for me and like a lot of the women around is like, oh, you know what? A lot of women are like, you know what? I really miss men. Mm. Like, I really miss men. I miss the comfort of a man, a man's body. I miss a man inside me. I want that. Like, no, nobody's business. So, so I think that that's going to create an opening for, uh, for men to really show up for, for these women. Because now we're going we're gonna to enter a period where the women are, are having a great starvation. Yes, we are. And they're going to want to feast. <laughs> and there is not enough food out there for everyone. So, well, you know, we, we're working on it, though. Two of us. You're going to have to hunt them down and 
twist them into a pretzel, right? I mean, well, I mean, this is why I decided to, one of the reasons I decided to start being a, a sex coach was to help there be more really good lovers out there. Like it's, uh, I had, I don't know if I ever told you, I think I told you, but I had a tantric lover. We were together two years. And then after that relationship ended and I was back out there, I was like, oh my God, it is so bad. And like, it was, I was like, this is, this is bad as I remembered, you know? And I went through so many guys trying to find that level of sex again. And it was just like, impossible. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to take matters in my own hands and start training guys. So that way, you know, women can be satisfied in exactly like you said, when I was with that particular lover, like I was, I could never get enough. Like literally it was just like, I wanted nothing but to have sex. And you know, when I don't have that kind of lover in my life, I'm like, eh, nah, don't really want it. You know, like I'd rather have sex with myself because I'm going to, I'm going to have that kind of sex with myself and it's going to be incredible. But I'm like, eh, no, like sometimes I'll, I'll go fuck for fun, but it's not like, I'm not doing it with the same expectation of like, this is just going to be the the type of sex that keeps me turned on and wanting more and more and more. And then, you know, when I do like, I definitely have had some like really amazing lovers since then as well, you know, and with those ones, it's the same, like, Oh my God, I just want this. Like I want more and more of you. So it's, it makes a big difference in a woman's turn on, you know, when guys come to me and they're like, she doesn't want to have mm-hmm. sex with me anymore. I'm like, all right, so let's, let's get to the root of why she's not wanting to have sex with you anymore, you know, and, and women do have a lot of um, sexual trauma that, uh, and a lot of conditioning to societal conditioning. Um, there's hormonal issues at play, there's stress, there's sleep issues, all of these things impact women. But a big part of it is the quality of sex that they're getting. Mm-hmm. I hope the men out there are listening. <laughs> they are. But, you know, it, it's amazing how, like, even, even in the speed date, which is not even about sex at all, uh, when people come to Tantra Speed Date, they just learn presence. And just, like, learning that one skill will turn around your dating life. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so it's, in, and then, and then most of those people then come to our sort of like intro class and they kind of, cause we have degrees of the more advanced classes and then they'll come to like the intro class and they'll really learn. And so what, what, it, what marvels me is that, yes, a lot of men don't know that out there, but what's amazing is how quickly they can learn. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. For sure. All right. I have another question. This guy is wondering how he can translate what he learns in Tantra into other aspects of his life. So how does he apply what he learns, you know, just into other areas of his life so that way he can be able to get more stuff done in his day, be more productive, things like that. Okay. So apply in other areas. Like, are we talking about like work? I'm I'm thinking probably work. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, so I'm thinking like if you work, let me imagine most people work in a sort of office setting, you know, so just like being more present around your coworkers, being sort of attentive to, attentive to you know, what is it that they need? Um, not even necessarily sort of like on a business level, but like, what do you need? You know, like what would make your job here easier? You know, it's uh, on our uh, weekly dating calls. One of the questions that I pose 
is, you know, for the men and then for the women is like for the men, what's something that women can do that would make your dating life easier? And then vice versa for the women. Hey, what's something that men can do that would make your dating life easier or more fun? Right. So no one's ever really been put in that context where, where somebody asks them that question, but simply just asking that question of like, hey, what can I do to make your job uh, easier? Like will immediately create an opening between you and whoever it is that you're 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 asking. Right. And that is a way to demonstrate putting your attention on the other person and to demonstrate that you care about what their needs are. Right. And right. that's certainly not a question that you only can do at work. Like you could be with your lover and say, hey, what's something that I could do that would really turn you on, that would make you enjoy me more as a lover? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I also find that Tantra just gives me more energy, you know, because that sexual energy, that sexual turn on, like I can't always be using it for sex as much as I would love to. So I put it into my business, you know, and I put it into working out. I put it into doing jujitsu, you know, whatever it is, but like using that fire in Tantra, like I have found is really good at keeping that fire alive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love walking down the street, you know, um, after I've just like given a Tantra session or something and I'm like, just like, you know, like, watching all the women that are walking sort of opposite me and I'm like just kind of like catching their eye and I'm like wow I'm like glowing right now this is awesome you know yeah. I feel like totally vital and present and it's like people can feel that off of you they can f- they can feel you sort of like glow with vitality you know yeah absolutely oh my god definitely people can definitely tell when you have cultivated that sexual energy within you and it's so different than just like a horny energy it's like it is. It's a glow, and it's it's uh, it's very powerful. Um, it's very attractive, like just the magnetism, charisma, all of that. People definitely notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like I mean, this is just kind of like a general fluffy, radianty thing. But like what I'm talking about is like a laser focus. Like, hey, I, <laughs> I got something. I can go here with it, or here with it, or here with it, or hey. Uh, yeah. right? <laughs> oh my god i love you too this is fantastic this is fun totally all right so we're gonna play a game real quick you down for a game let's play a game all right so it's this game it's called let's talk about sex it's the intimacy deck from games for humanity my friend aaron hickok does a lot of these uh shows as a co-host with me uh it's her game you can find it on Amazon. I put I always put the link in the uh, show notes. And so I'm going to pick a card. And do you want me to pick or do you want to pick? How do I pick? So let's see. They're based on chakras. So you can start by picking a chakra. Let's go with the heart chakra. All right. One sec. Let me find a green one. Dun, dun, dun. Picking, picking, picking. All right, I'm going to give you like five, right? Because it's the fifth chakra that I find five. God damn it, I only found four. Okay. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. wait. I got to find fifth. Okay. Fifth chakra, right? Or no, it is the fourth chakra. I can't even count today. Fourth. Fourth? (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, the, the, it's the center chakra 
<laughs> oh my god all right so i can't count but we have four now all right so which one do you want that one <laughs> which one is that one well you Left. point to it not you, you point to one and i'll tell you okay uh, nope nope that one okay <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, I don't know how you're going to answer this one. I don't know how long it's been since you've been in this situation. When I'm single, I feel. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, when I'm single, I feel uh, excited at possibility. Mm. Like that. All right. What I love about myself is. my determination mm, you definitely have that a person i love deeply is my little boy oh. and a practice or i practice self-love by taking care of myself and that is Guy Shahar. Thank you so much for being here with us uh, from the Tantra Institute. Where can people find you? So our website is tantrany.com. Uh, we have all of our events listed there. And then we have a, a separate website for Tantra Speed Date, which is tantraspeeddate.com. And you can find an event in your city on that website as well. Perfect. I will put the links in the show notes so everyone can uh, find you there. Are you on social media? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, uh, it's Tantra underscore Institute on Instagram. And then um, we're also on Facebook. I can send you all those links if all right, you want. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Send them over. All right. I love you. I can't wait to see you in person and give you a big hug and uh, feel that attention for myself. For sure, for sure, for sure. And, and this is really fun. To, it was really fun to have a no pants interview with you. And, and, and it's a shame that this interview is not on video because that would be really fun to, to share with people. Yeah, well. Next time. Well, you, you know, I mean, I got to leave something to the imagination. There you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show. I love you. I can't wait to see you again. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode. And you can also find out about how you can work with me. Until next time, lovers. Down tonight.